This ain't got nothing to do with today's episode, but I got to share my testimony. So two weeks ago or whenever Mother's Day was, it was the Friday before Mother's Day. I was at the grocery store and I bought a bottle of wine, which was for my grandmother. But then I got ice cream and those little chips and white cookies that have M&Ms in them. It's like nine o'clock at night. It's Friday. And the first thing I put up there is like the ice cream and cookies. And then he scans them. And then I put the wine up there. And this nigga gonna look at me and was like, oh, somebody ain't got no man. And I'm just like, sir, what if that was my 13th reason? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode seven of Black Explaining the Podcast. I'm so glad you came back this week and you're joining us. I know the podcast is late. I said it was going to be out on Wednesday, and we all know I'd be lying at this point. Okay, that's why you done, you done stuck it out with me because you done figured me out already. But anyway, how's everybody doing? How was everybody's week? You know, I know there's a ton going on right now that could be detrimental to the mental health of my fellow black people out there. So I hope you're giving yourself some time and and some space to process things, time to, you know, focus on your own emotional well-being and things and not feeling like you have to participate in that constant media cycle or that 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 constant, you know, revolving door of conversations online. Like take a break if you need to smoke a blunt, drink a glass of wine, you know, whatever it is that you need to just kind of take care of yourself. All right. Do a face mask, light a candle, watch really tacky reality television, because we know that is what all black people guilty. That's our guilty pleasure. That's what we hate watch. All right. So whatever you got to do to just give yourself some room, give yourself some space and to, you know, focus on something that's different. I hope you did it. You know, being after tragic events, you know, like the one that happened last week in Buffalo, you know, the shooting, which is kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Um, After tragic events, I think it's always very interesting watching like how white people want to interact with you after that. Like, you know, I work a corporate job. Um, there's me and then there's like 150 white people in my immediate area and, you know, they can just kind of go on with their day. They can kind of, but, you know, coming in on a Monday morning after multiple of your, your black brethren were murdered in cold blood is it's just difficult to do. And so, you know, white people were in the office on Monday and they were all, oh my God, Sierra, I hope you had a great weekend. The weather was great. And, you know, I hope you got some grilling done and you got out with the pa- the family. And I'm just like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm living the dream. You know, like it's, it's just like their head is in the fucking clouds. Like they never understand, you know, when you just need some space to process. Like, why are you in my face? Asking me all these ridiculous ass questions about my weekend when you know I know and we all know what the fuck happened. You know, why is there no empathy? Why is there no concern? You know, at the bare minimum, what do companies always do? Like, if you need help, 
con you know, here's our EAP, our employee wellness program. Not, not even that, but the first thing they wanted to do jumping in, you know, cause when you, when you're in corporate America, you always got to, you know, make sure that you're getting things done for the bottom line. And I get it. You know, I've been running this rat race for a few years now and I understand, but it always seems like white people's heads are in the cloud, especially like not just, and I'm, I'm most of what I want to talk about is like the culture of erasure that we see when it comes to black experiences, especially experiences of violence. Um, but like white people had just be in the clouds. Like the, these white people at my job, right? They had a potluck on like Wednesday or something. And I'm just like, y'all do know that we are in, we're, like we not still, this ain't the end of it. We're still in the midst of a global pandemic that has killed more people than a couple of world wars combined. Like y'all do know we still in the thick of it. And they be like, oh, well, we'll take precautions, woo-woo. Like, they had the food set out, you know, but it was all in the open, people breathing on it, and nobody got no mask on. Um, they set the two little bottles of hand sanitizer by where you pick up the forks and the place and shit. Both hand sanitizers full still at the end of the potluck. I said, y'all ain't even got a damn squirt. Y'all didn't even get one single damn pump of that hand sanitizer. You're nasty as hell. Because I be watching them in the bathroom. They don't wash their hands in there either, okay? They they wipe they they probably not wiping their ass, but they wipe their ass. They come, they rinse, rinse, splash, splash. They playing in the water, you know, and then they write on out of there, talking about some oh, let me get some food from this communal. Pie. I ain't eating no communal food from nobody who I didn't see personally wash their hands or prepare this food, okay? Because I know you got Mr. Fluffers on the counter. Licking the spoon, making oh, is there enough salt in there, Mr. Fluffers? Is there you know what, Mr. Fluffers? Let me I'm gonna add two shakes of pepper. Okay, you let Mr. Fluffers taste that bland ass, unseasoned ass food, and then you bring it in here trying to kill us, and it ain't gonna happen, okay? It's not gonna happen. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand why they just have no awareness, you know, no type of understanding of anything that's going on like my nigga bring pre-wrapped food for some like why do we all have to no okay I know y'all not washing your hands I know you're not washing your hands when you cook I y'all ain't even washing your asses because you stink when you come in the office all right to add insult to injury not only are you trying to serve me this damn food that was prepared by unwashed hands bitch you don't even wash your ass okay I, I know y'all be liking them comments talking about or liking them videos y'all these white people be seeing online they be agreeing with them oh I'm I'm I, I took my last shower two days ago they're like oh me too me too. yeah I know y'all be agreeing I'm I, this is getting kind of personal y'all but it's I got two white co-workers that fucking stank and if you listening to this shit bitch that fucking Though that travel size bath and body works, body wash, lotion, and, and cream set was not just for fun. It was so that I don't have to smell your ass anymore when I got it to you for Christmas. And I am ashamed that you're not. But anyway, y'all, I know I'm supposed to be talking about racism. I just had to get that off my chest. Please bear with me. But look, like I said, white people's heads be in the motherfucking clouds. Like, 
I know we not you don't we don't want to sit at our desks and have a conversation about this all day, but there's no type of check-in. There's no type of, you know, we're ramping up diversity efforts and we're dedicated like there's not not even any of that. You feel what I'm saying? I I heard I saw on Twitter or somewhere that, you know, Netflix was cutting a lot of its diversity kind of programming efforts like strong black leads and stuff like that which was really doing a lot of work for the what how do you pronounce it virality of of the things that of Netflix's social media presence every time posts were going viral every time clips were going viral it was strong black lead you know what I'm saying and that really shows that white people's heads are up their fucking asses because When you're cutting programs like that and when you're doing things like, you know, ramping up or even on a smaller scale, like my company, the first thing they sent out Monday morning was we're ramping up sales efforts so that we can make 15 billion again. You know, no kind of we are so sorry to have to address this, but our hearts and mind, nothing because they don't give a fuck. And I think that the culture when I when I say there's a culture of white erasure. I mean that white experiences and, and the way that white people view racism always erases, you know, the the trauma and the violence that black people have or have experienced, excuse me. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to break this down a little bit. Let's talk. I, I, I will frame it from, you know, the the incident of tragedy. And I just let me just take a second to say that my thoughts and my prayers are with the families of those who were so tragically and senselessly lost in this act of violence by this white supremacist psychopath that decided to uh, commit these violent acts of murder. My, my thoughts and my, and I, my thoughts and my prayers are with all black people right now, like that these are the kinds of things that we have to experience as, as as black people living in this country to this motherfucking day. And we ain't never got to stop black hate bill. But look, y'all, I'm not going to get them riled up too much. But no, when I say white erasure, I mean like white people getting on TV and saying that, you know, while senseless, that we can't look at acts of violence like this through the lens of racism because we're all affected by it. And I, oh, I know y'all know, like three white people who done said some shit like that out of their mouth. We're all affected by violence like this. We are all haunted by violence like this. Or even, you know, for as a, a another type of example, white erasure is something like you know when white people are saying that oh well you you couldn't have experienced racism like that because I was also affected by it you know what I'm saying like when we talk about um when 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 we talk about something large scale like women's suffrage and white white women put themselves at the center of that those conversations and they don't think about the work that black and black and brown people had to do to get like that what I and I'm trying to use examples that'll help you connect it because y'all white erasure is really white people firstly centering themselves in the conversation and white people diminishing the effect that race has on conversation and then 
tertiarily, whatever that word is, white people trying to steer those conversations away from race and back to like, how, how can we all, you know, shit like that. And then I think like, especially because y'all know, and I'm going to say it, all right? And if you get mad, what the fuck ever? Like, white people and the term person of color. Like, when we're talking about racism, white people love to be like, oh, well, people of color have to experience. And I, there is a lot, I, I think, while a, a good broad term, I don't consider myself as a person of color. I am a black person. And I think, especially when we are talking about anti-black racism white people use the term people of color so they can be like well this is something that all minorities experience and that's not the truth because black people have a very specific experience with racism because we have a very specific experience with race in this country and you know what I'm saying and I think especially because you know when you're having conversations about race and especially when we're talking about how currently Black American people are still facing the effects of slavery. And, you know, white people are like, well, how can you still feel the effects of something that you weren't around for? And we have to remind white people that, you know, that free labor that they got from black people and enslaved people, you know, has benefited them specifically because it created generational wealth for a lot of people who still have it to this day. You know, they are creating that culture of erasure that our experiences, since they were not, since we don't have lived experiences with slavery that we cannot be affected by. And I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place, y'all, but let me just really tell you that white people heads be in their asses, okay? That's where their heads are. They don't know how to have productive conversations about racism, especially 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 anti-black racism because baby anti-blackness is a global phenomenon you go to any motherfucking country except for countries that are black you go to any motherfucking country that's not a primarily black country and there are some kind of word to call you a nigger in one way or the other there is some kind of understanding about the type of people that black people are that darker skinned people are any culture you know what I'm saying anti-blackness is global it is embedded you know into the strings into the you know, it's embedded in the global community because of specifically imperialism. And I'm, don't get me started, y'all. I was talking, look, I, y'all know I say imperialism and I'm gonna I'm a take it there. But I'm talking about the way that white people have created a way to derail conversations about race and make it so that the experiences of those who have been touched personally by racism by black people specifically are never they're never they're they're never allowed to have those experiences when white people are involved in those conversations and you can you can just look especially like white influencers like you know I think white people like to jump on things that are trendy so putting BLM in your bio and you know putting or tweeting out like I stand with type of shit like that. And I think a lot of times what we're wanting from white people is for them to be more actively and more actionably, 
actively and actionably um, anti-racist and they don't do that. You know, they center these conversations around themselves and, you know, they make the funny TikToks and, you know, they really, they, they have really learned, they, they have carved out this lane where they can be very performatively anti-racist. And that, that's what I'm talking about when it comes to this culture of erasure, because I think now we have gotten to a point where, you know, there are a lot of conversations happening that are really discussing, like, you know, what is racism? What is anti-black racism? And what can we do to move forward? But I think that a chunk of that conversation has been kind of the the white people have attached, they grab the reins and they're really trying to just make it very performative. You know, they're not really trying to do any of the work because, you know, we don't have any anti-black hate bills. We don't have any, you know, programs that encourage not just equality, but equity that want to, you know, actually even the playing field for black Americans. All we have is like, you know, a, a bunch of, people who are invited to this proverbial picnic or the proverbial cookout, excuse me, y'all, the proverbial cookout. Like, I don't think we have, you know, a lot of actionable white folks who are, my nigga, willing to die for this shit. And and when I say that, because I'm like, because, and I say that because as a black person, your life is on the line every single solitary day. Any interaction you have with law enforcement, any interaction you have with a white person who sees you as a threat could result in the end of your life. And white people can just like a TikTok or they can put BLM in there and there's no, there's nothing actionable in there. And that white erasure that's minimizing the effects of, you know, actual violence and actual trauma in the black community just makes it even harder for us to get to a place where anti-black racism is something that is prioritized. And and baby, because white supremacy and white supremacist imperialism, they are two very large and very prevalent threats, y'all. Like motherfuckers are white supremacy is embedded into every single solitary institution you can think of, my nigga. Uh police, law or law enforcement, law you know, the, the actual creation of the law, the actual enforcing of the law, the court system, schooling, you know, everything you can think of has white supremacy embedded into it in the culture. I'm, I'm trying to drive this point home, y'all. The white erasure that we see just means that white, that experiences of racism are white-centered. The voices are white-centered, y'all. And white erasure means that we're just going to make these black experiences sound really pretty and we're going to tell those stories so that you have, you know, an anecdote, but we're not getting the full impact of the experience, my nigga, because the white erasure, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's sanding the edges, it's smoothing it out, it's, it's trying to make it more palatable so that people don't understand that anti-black racism and white supremacy is still as violent and it is still as traumatizing as the day that they enslaved us. There's no difference, you know? 
you know, y'all, you're like, well, you, we've come so far and you, you now have equal. No, 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 no. As long as white supremacy is allowed to thrive the way it is allowed to thrive, it is still a direct threat to the lives of black people, just like slavery was. And that white erasure, y'all, centering, putting black experiences into the hands of white voices who are then creating a narrative that racism has somehow progressed to a point to where we don't need to be actionably anti-black anymore. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. But y'all, look, I, I probably sounded all over the place, but y'all get what I'm trying to say, okay? These white people, they, they, don't, they don't really know what to do. They has me in the ass, they has me in the clouds. Now, I'm going a, I'm to a switch gears a little bit because I just got a text message that just made me think of something, y'all. Working in corporate America, y'all, is hell, okay? Working in corporate America, y'all, it's motherfucking hell because we, in my office, in the building that I work in, there are about 800 of us. And I shit y'all not. I shit Y'all not. Ten of us are black. Ten. One, zero. The number after nine. So um, we was on a call and they were talking about how like, you know, I work in HR, y'all. I know I'm a cop, my bad. Uh, but I work in HR and one of the things that we were talking about was like EEOC and compliance and reporting and stuff like that. And they were talking about like how oh we're so diverse and woo 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 because we do have locations in the south and yeah the the places we have in the south y'all they're they are very diverse but we you know and look me and the other my me and this I don't know who this black person was but shout out to them but me and the other black person on this call we were trying to burn this whole call to the ground can we talk about how all of you know the when we look when we're looking at this from an EEOC reporting standpoint how all of the you know black and brown people on this are also the lowest earners in the company like we were trying to set this whole call on fire y'all and this is what I mean when I say but white people's heads are in the clouds like when you y'all are all white people are always like well look at how many white white people we look at my african-american look how many black people work here look how many but we also have to talk about the fact that the effects of white supremacy means that white black people are brought into these corporate places they're underpaid they're overworked they're undervalued they're often working in places that are incredibly hostile and they have no rights and they have no voice you know what i'm saying so look corporate america is hell actual america is hell and one of the things that I really, really just want to drive home here is that as long as white supremacy is allowed to thrive the way it is, we, there's, we're, we're never, never, ever, ever, the, we're never going to be able to eliminate this quote, quote unquote, eliminate racism, solve racism, whatever the fuck y'all, because look. Here's the thing, like I got motherfucking white coworkers, right? Who, oh, they're we're we voted for Biden and we love Kamala and woo woo, but they quote unquote 
I live in Milwaukee, so they quote unquote, oh, we don't go into Milwaukee because it's kind of dangerous. You ain't got, you don't got to say it. I know, Rachel, Amanda, Samantha. I know you're scared of black people, okay? And that's fine. You know what I'm saying? But you don't have to sugarcoat. I would never go to that specific area of town because it's kind of dangerous. Girl, motherfuckers get shot in Brookfield too. Don't ever play yourself, okay? It's just the motherfucking kids at the high schools that's doing the shooting. And you know what? That's going to take me off on a whole nother tangent. But look, y'all. I'm going to start being more consistent and I'm going to start posting on a weekly basis like I'm supposed to. I just... Look, y'all know, okay? But anyways, hope y'all have a good week. Stay black, y'all, okay? Uh, until next Wednesday. Namaste. Peace out. <laughs>